Hello and welcome to Sideways. Uh, this week, I'm not really sure what we're talking about. I've just listened to it and I'm still not sure, uh, but it's quite entertaining. Gogglebox. Hello. How are you? How are you doing? All right. I caught you vaping there. I could see you vaping. <laughs> yes, but I've been waiting ages. I've been pacing nervously up and down the lounge, waiting <laughs> for the meeting to start. Is that, um, <laughs> is that, is that lamb and mint sauce flavour? Uh, no, kebab. <laughs> no, I've moved away from the uh, the meat flavours. Really, I'm more of a um, a watermelon or a peach man these days. Thank you very much. I've always had you down as a watermelon or a peach man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's the first time we started an episode for a little while without you mentioning my hair, which is You've which had is a quite good. By the looks of it, exactly right. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. how did that happen? Well, I had a bit of a snip out and went into uh, into town. And um, I, I, I anticipated that I'm probably going to have to make an appointment, but I walked past one that had no queue outside, and then I walked and and, um, and they saw me straight away. So, so I was quite happy with that. Did you uh, did you visit the barber so many times that eventually you got a haircut? <laughs> yeah, one out of one. I mean, that's a hundred percent record in the last in the last three months. First <laughs> time I've been there. That's <laughs> very good. Very good. Yeah. Anyway, let's not talk about your hair. I know. Um, what are we talking about? Well, I've got a working title for this one, really. It's sort of um, the working title is um, is, is Gogglebox. Well, I think that's been done. <laughs> is it? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, you probably understand the relevance of this and how it complies with their sort of normal subject parameters as we go on. But I, and I haven't just I haven't just used it as a sort of a clickbait title, haven't you? Uh, Although we probably don't need one. I think um, I was surprised how well-received uh, last week's uh, episode has been. Yeah, I was, I was quite heartened by that because, because it's, as, as I'd said to you before, it's quite often a subject that people sort of um, turn away from, but people seem to turn towards that one. They did very much so, yeah. Obviously, bereavement and grief is, um, is something I think we all encounter, you know, whether inside or outside of addiction. So I think it's... It, a lot of notes and so I've had a lot of positive feedback about it so mainly my bits you were getting positive feedback about no, no, they, no they said that wasn't that wasn't really the, the crux of it it was <laughs> <laughs> it was my input my input as a sort of a, a the viewpoint from an addict which everyone found absolutely fascinating <laughs> <laughs> anyway okay, anyway so we, toggle do, box, toggle we box. do yeah, yeah do you remember do you remember when it started did you, you have you ever watched it have you ever been into it at all yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, well, I, I wouldn't say I was into it, but I have watched it, um, and I've got absolutely no idea uh, when it began. No. <clears throat> well, is it uh, post, th- post post war? I would think. Yeah, yeah, it is post war. That's all you need to know, isn't it? Really, it's close it enough. Is really, yeah. It was, it was actually in two thousand thirteen. Hmm. Yeah. See, I've done my research. Surprisingly. Do you, do you remember who the original voiceover was on that? Uh, let me think. I have a guess. Um, uh, Quentin Crisp. And he wasn't actually. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Nicholas but it was Buttons. Nicholas Butt. No, it, it, he would have done a great job. Yeah. No, I don't know. Go on, tell me. Car- uh, Carolina Hearn. Oh, the late Carolina Hearn. The late, yes, the late Carolina Hearn. Do you remember? Um, I just, it was a bit weird, really, because I really enjoyed watching her in the Royal Family, mm-hmm. which is one of the gr- greatest comedies ever ever written. I think and. Uh, I had a bit of a crush on her. 
I mean, is, is that, can we have a crush at our age? Are we allowed to have crushes? I don't, or is that... I don't think. I don't think you. I don't. I don't think there is an age limit to. Have is there not? Crush. Not really. <laughs> no. Well, I was, I was trying to think back. It was my, my. What was your? What was your first celebrity crush? You remember? Uh, um, now I, I'm thinking of someone, and I'm. I can't remember, this is going to sound ridiculous, I can't remember who it was, but Adam would remember, because I can remember Adam and I used to have a conversation about celebrity crushes, and he was, he was appalled at who my earliest celebrity crush was. And I've got a feeling, and I can't remember what her name was, but I've got a feeling she, she might have been in Crossroads. <laughs> well, that narrows it down you, a bit. You, but you, keep, you keep talking, and I'm, I'm okay. going to look up, because I, I'll try find a quote. I can remember having a conversation with him about it and him, you know, really, well, quite frankly, shaming me for it. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to who you come up with in a minute. But I'll, I'll... I don't need to look it up. I've remembered her name. Okay. It was Gabrielle Drake. I don't know who that is. Well, look her up. I'm going to look her up now and I'll probably feel ashamed all, all over again. But there we are. <laughs> Did you say it was Crossroads? She was in Crossroads. Actually, I don't. I don't think I should be ashamed of that. She's a very attractive woman. Is she? Um, anyway, so well, yes, I well, don't remember. What's that got to well, do with anything? Anyway, not really. I was just thought about you know crushes, etc. I remember my first. I suppose my first celebrity crush would have been Susie Quattro. Oh yeah, Susie Quattro. Remember? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I remember I had a poster of her on my wall as a kid. <laughs> I can remember my sister really liked uh, Susie Quattro and had some Susie Quattro singles but at that time um as we're as i'm mentioning shame i was very very much um a fan of gary glitter <laughs> well, I, well yeah i suppose if i i'm sure i've got a gary glitter album tucked away somewhere i expect it's remember um, me this way that's what that's the album most people had I, I can't i can't remember i can't remember but um I, I, I should be able to find it it'll be in alphabetical order obviously but um have a, have a look through my uh, vinyls for a while it won't be as easy for me to find it, obviously. No. no. Anyway, we're, we're going off track a little bit, aren't we? Yeah. Well, you started. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I did start. I want to go back to a little bit there, just to, to step back to Carolina Hearn, because um, she's quite an interesting character and, and, and a fellow alcoholic, as it turns out. Mm. Um, um, she, was, uh, she, she was married to that guy out of, New, of, out of, um, Peter Hook. Out of Joy Division. Peter Hook, wasn't he? He was in Joy Division and, um, and, uh, and New Order. Yeah. Um, and uh, which you know, Joy Division with Graham were uh, one of my favourite bands at the time. Yeah, I mean, her private life was well publicised at the time, wasn't it? Especially uh, sort of her depressions and her struggle with with alcohol and drugs during the during the nineties. It's, it's a real shame, you know. She suffered from depression after her, her, her boyfriend uh, died, and she attempted suicide herself. And that links back into one of our previous episodes, doesn't it? Um, but she, but what was interesting that she was diagnosed. She went into the priory and she's diagnosed as being a binge alcoholic. Yeah. Now, it's not a term that I, I like, really. You know, I, it's, it, it does come up from time to time in groups. Um, but it's, we, we found in the past that it stops people getting help because they think they're not a proper alcoholic if you just do it on a, on a binge basis. Who thinks you're not a proper alcoholic? The, per, the, the person that, uh, oh, okay. that's binge drinking right. uh, feels that they can't be a proper alcoholic because they don't, they don't drink every day, oh, okay. which is a real... Which is, um, you know, as, as you and I have discussed this in, in the past, that doesn't um, that doesn't stop you being dependent upon a thing because okay. you can have a few days off. In fact, you know, when, when you look at it, it, 
it's it's a it's a more dangerous form in many ways because you're constantly going through the the cycle of withdrawal and then and then starting it back up again and you're doing your your, your body a uh, damage in sort of in shock waves. Yeah, I mean it's also um, it's a, a, a bit like um, people who who say, "Well, I'm not an alcoholic because I don't have a drink in the morning." Those people. Exactly. Yeah. It's a way of di- diverting sort of attention away from it for as far as other people are concerned, but it also backs up the denial process that you have yourself when you're when you're in that in, in that in that in that state. And yeah, no, I can un- I can understand that because of course you know as we've discussed before, if you give an alcoholic an inch, they'll probably take a mile, won't they? And yeah, I, very much. I can, yeah. I can remember working with people in the past who floated that argument about, well, I'm, I know I'm not an alcoholic because I don't drink in the morning, but actually through the conversation it transpired that they were, you know, waiting with bated breath for 12 o'clock so that they could have a drink. Yeah. And so, well, I don't sure. drink in the morning because I, I, I managed to, I managed to white knuckle it to midday. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I think I went through that. It, it, it can be part of the early stages, really. Or, uh, you, you know, you're in trouble, but, um, you know, when you're, you're putting limits on when you can start to, to, to drink again. But, you know, if you're, if you're drinking out, you know, the night before and you're still drinking at sort of two or three o'clock the next day, that you are effectively having a drink in the morning anyway, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that can and that can get you through then till past midday and you can satisfy yourself that you're not a proper alcoholic. But, yeah, so she, she was diagnosed as, as being a binge alcoholic. Um, she was only 52 at the time, which, again, I know when you, when, when you – no, it's, it's dreadful. Um, I know we talked in the past about, you know, uh, you know the, the effect that it has on people around you, um, you know, as, as an addict, and then the effect that it has on the people around you when you, when you pass away. I mean, it's some, of the, uh, some of the interviews I've read with people that worked, and not Ricky Tomlinson and people like that who worked with her um, – on, on the royal family, saying, so, you know, how devastating it was and, and how they wish they could have done something earlier on with their drinking, etc. But I think we all have those retrospective regrets, don't we? Mm. Again, we've talked about that in the past, but sort of looking back and wishing we'd started earlier, which is, which is a, in fact, going back to the Gogglebox thing, do you remember um, in the first series, there was, a, there, was, there was the posh pair they were known as, they were, they were Steph and Dom Parker. Who <laughs> they're from Sandwich actually quite local in Kent. Yes, yeah, um, they were in they 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 were in it for quite a few years, weren't they? They were, and they've uh, admitted that they they've got drink problems. The pair have got drink problems. They're often drunk whilst whilst filming as well. Really? <laughs> yeah, I remember them being a bit scatty, but I, I didn't realise that they were. I think they were drinking whilst you know, as a lot of people do on Goggle. Oh, most so, of them do, don't they? Most of them seem yeah, to be drinking. They do. Yeah. Do, do you watch the, the the current celebrity series at all? Uh, I haven't seen it. I have seen the celebrity series in the past, but I haven't seen any of this one. I don't think. I, I think wasn't um, Daisy May Cooper on it last week? Yes, she was. She's quite, she's fabulous, isn't she? Yeah, she said. I remember reading something. I think it was on Instagram, where she said that afterwards she felt really sick because she couldn't stop eating the crisps that were provided. <laughs> I suppose it's yeah, better I'm... than than you know downing a bottle of wine. But but on the on the current series, I was quite interested to watch. Um... They was watching the news, and they were watching um, uh, watching the news as the pub reopened after lockdown. Oh, and yeah! Showed, you know, and it showed our um, it showed how packed around the Soho area it was, and that sort of thing. And I think it it shows really an unhealthy relationship in the UK with alcohol, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, I, I, can't, I can't remember. I think you and I were having a conversation about this, weren't we? But I can remember when the when the pubs reopened that day. It was as if. That was the only thing that anybody had been worried about throughout the whole of lockdown. It was absolutely unbelievable. 
It is unbelievable. It's almost like, oh, thank God the pubs have opened. Everything will be all right now. Yeah. And it's really, on on the one hand, it's quite funny. But on the other hand, it's really quite um, disturbing. It is disturbing. I found it disturbing also. They're talking about, you know, Leicester went back into lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they probably still are on lockdown at the moment. But um, they were saying, well, there's no real point because they're putting a place like that in lockdown because people just go outside and, you know, travel out where, elsewhere to go to the pub. Again, thinking that was the only reason, <laughs> the only thing that was in their minds. Yeah. To, they've got to go to the pub. So therefore, they'll, they'll cross borders and they'll, you know, go into the next county or ne- next town. Uh, and, and start supping up there, regardless of the of the dangers involved and the risks involved. Yeah, it's absolutely bizarre. Was, I think I said to you, there's a guy on the radio who's been interviewed, and he, he, that day that the pub's open, it was a Saturday, wasn't it? And he was saying, um, he's saying, oh, thank goodness I can go to the pub because beer's not the same drunk out of a can. And I was thinking, why not pour, pour it into a glass then, you cretin? <laughs> or not have one at all. Not have one at all, well, yeah. You know, but, but I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a problem with people having a beer, but... It does seem a bit ridiculous when when it seems as if your kind of whole existence is revolving around your ability to go to the pub. Yeah, you yeah. Often, you? It just it just seems a fairly unique situation we have in the UK, where that where we are very much obsessed with that, mm. and and uh, because you know the other countries have gone into lockdown, you don't see them all sort of rushing out to the pubs at the minute that uh, the what lockdown starts. What do you think? though? I mean, honestly. I suppose this is a ridiculous question to ask you as a recovering alcoholic, but um, I was just kind of trying to think how we'd have handled this when we were sort of 20. How, I wonder what we'd have done if we'd have been denied the opportunity, because as you know, well, I mean, you obviously were, but I was in the pub every day of the week. So I wonder how we would have coped um, if we'd been struck by a global pandemic in the, you know, in the eighties and we, and we, we couldn't go to the pub for, three months uh, I wonder I wonder how we'd have dealt with that it would have been quite tricky I think but I don't think that um, you know at that age even though we were going in the pub a lot it wasn't the, it wasn't the law of the alcohol itself I think it was the law of the company wasn't it and being around you at that age where you want to constantly be around your friends and your mates etc so I suspect like I've seen a lot of people of that age at the moment almost disregard the lockdown. They're still, you know, still gathering in parks and going out on their bikes and, and doing all sorts of bits and pieces and not really taking the whole situation very seriously. Mm. But it's an interesting point um, because it, it does, it would have, at that age, would have put quite a huge dent in your social life, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have been different as well, wouldn't it? Because we wouldn't have had the ability to connect through any other way. You know, unless you saw your friends or stood in the freezing cold hall of your house calling them on the telephone, <laughs> you, you wouldn't have had any contact. I mean, I suppose we could have written each other letters, couldn't we? <laughs> that would have been about it, because there's no social media. No. Obviously, you, you couldn't message each other, you couldn't text each other, that sort of thing. It would have been, the isolation would have been quite dramatic, wouldn't it, really? I think it would. It's, it, it's interesting to think how it might have affected our mental health. I, I suppose yeah. what I'm saying... I don't know if I'm right about this, but it almost feels as if we might have been a little bit more justified in being relieved at the pub's reopening. <laughs> but yeah, I think that um, I think you're right. It's it's difficult to know exactly how we'd have reacted, but I think it, it's um, it's testament to how us addicts will will deal with the situation as best we can. Um, someone was saying that coming to groups the other day, and I hadn't seen them for quite some time. They'd they'd, they'd been on a bit of a relapse. And they 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 got themselves back together and started to come back to groups on the on 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 the Zoom meetings, 
and and he was saying that um, when he lapsed, he quite liked he quite liked the two meter distancing rule because he could go to work. He was drinking, and no one could get close enough to smell him. <laughs> 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 which I thought, yeah, do you know what? We can we can adapt to any situation. If if your priority is alcohol, you're gonna you're gonna do whatever you can to to, to a to hide it and b, b to get hold of it in the first place. Yeah, I mean we've always said, haven't we, that uh, alcoholics are notoriously resourceful. And if uh, if alcohol if 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 in alcoholism or in in recovery you can turn that resourcefulness to to your goods, then you're kind of pretty much unstoppable. It is having that strength to do so and to do something in a positive manner, certainly which helped me through in the early stages, that's yeah. for sure. But I find, I find myself a little bit in a goggle box situation these days where I, I'm watching people watch other people. Um, and it's, it's happening more and more in, you know, in, in the recovery community because I, I'm seeing people that, are, that, have, that have come into recovery have, have, have started to get better and then they're starting to looking out for the other new people that are coming in. Yeah. And so the process, the process goes on. So I find it really interesting to watch how the people that have started to get a hold on their sobriety, you know, have done two or three months for it tends to be around about that time that people start to think, this is really good. I've got to pass on the good news. And so it's really interesting to see how they then react um, and not use the same platitudes exactly, but use some of the same um, strategies uh, and ruses to to help other people along. Mm. So I thought I, I felt I, I, again it struck me. I, I felt like I'm I'm goggle boxing when I when I, when I look at other people and see them looking at other people. Yeah, I hope you don't sit with a strong can of lager while you're doing it. Uh, absolutely not. No, and it's out at the moment. I can only do that when we have our little face to face meetings, which are in the open air remote park, so I can see people like, straight away. Yeah, it must but be quite nice to see that, though. It must be. It must be nice to to see people kind of strengthening in their recovery. It's one of the things that keeps me going, and um, as far as continuing to volunteer and to do the work with the charity that I do, yeah. it, it it does bring real joy to see people get better, and then to see them helping other people, um, it's just fantastic. And mm. it's the only way, really, that it works. Mm. And I know the the you know the fellowships like AA and Cocaine Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous very much works in the same way, where it's one person helping the next who then helps the next, and so it goes on. And you like to think it sort of pyramids out. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, as a, I'm, not, I'm not the voiceover of Gogglebox, like that situation. I am, I'm one of the people sitting down, looking, <laughs> watching, observing this going if, on around me. If, uh, if you were one of the current crop of people on Gogglebox, which one would you be? Um, oh, I don't know, really. I don't know. What, the celebrities? No, not the celebrities. <laughs> no, the, the ones in the normal series. I'm just trying um, to think I, if there's any. I'm, I'm trying to think if there are <laughs> any of them which remind me of you. <laughs> well, no. I, well, yeah, is you probably come up with someone very derogatory, I'm sure. But it'd be, it'd be very interesting. <laughs> it's it very interesting. Someone I did look into because I thought that'd be interesting to go on as a recovering alcoholic. Yeah. And, and I, I thought it'd be good, you know, for you and I to go on Gogglebox. But there is no way to apply. Oh, really? <laughs> no, there isn't. They. Um, well, the people, How do they find people? They, they, they find it them, they find, go and find themselves. They, in fact, they invite people to come on to it. Oh, do they? So, yeah, they do. Um, whether they trawl through social media or whether it's just word of mouth, etc. But yeah, because I thought that would, have been, that would have been quite a natural progression for us to go on and do something like that. So if the people, so if the people that, that, do, do, that do, do make the decisions on Gogglebox, if they're listening to this... <laughs> yeah, we're up for it. We're up for it. It'd be good television, I'm sure, and it'd be through the eyes of, uh, of someone some a little bit different. I don't think there's been any recovering alcoholics on there or, um, or, or psychotherapists. 
not as far as I'm aware. We'd be like we'd be like the um, we'd be like the 2020 version of Giles and Mary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I suppose we could be. Um, so anyway, so I think we're we're doomed not to go on that. Yeah, you never know. You never know. I mean, hope springs eternal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the trouble is you have to sit down for twelve hours at a time watching TV. Um, is, that how, is that how long? On, is that how long each kind of stretch is on Gogglebox? Um, if I if I had to watch twelve hours straight of television, I, I think that yeah. might drive me to drink. Uh, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It'd be, be, be a bit troublesome, wouldn't it? I think that put your recovery in jeopardy. <laughs> and I seem, I to remember, seem to remember you telling me previously that it's, it's quite... In fact, we've had this conversation fairly recently. It's quite difficult for you to sit through an entire film because your concentration lapses. So I don't know how you, you get like 12 hours of television you hadn't chosen to watch. Yeah, I think, I, I think you're, apparently you're allowed to do it in, you know, in, in fits and starts. It doesn't have to be all at one go. All right, that's all right then. But, um, but I think it's, um, yeah, I would, uh, yeah, I wish, I'm getting better at it. I'm getting better at it. And I'm going to, um, what I'm going to do on this, this episode is just to mention next week's episode, if I may, because it sort oh. of links in what you're saying. Okay. Um, this is a trailer, a teaser. I'm doing a little bit of a trailer. Um, you might have already seen the film, but it's one called Flight. Is it, is it popular? It's got Denzel Washington in it. Oh, no, it's too popular then. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's on, it's on Netflix at the moment. And it, it was brought to my attention by, um, initially by one of the guys on a Zoom group. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, a guy called Dickie. Um, yeah. I know he listens to this, so I'm sure, I'm sure he won't mind me. He's, he's a Liverpool fan, so he's feeling a little bit smug at the moment as well. Yeah, that's fair enough. He's got every right to. He has got every right to, but uh, he was saying he watched the uh, the film called Flight, and um, and a couple of people had said, "Oh yeah, I've watched that." And you can really relate to it as, as as an addict. You can really relate to it. Um, and one of the girls on this uh, on the group said, "Yeah, we watched that in rehab." Um, but I found it. Uh, I only watched it last night, um, but I found it fascinating. And I wanted to do a bit of an episode and work that into it for next week. So what I was, what, the reason I wanted to mention it now is because I wanted you to do a bit of homework so you could watch it. Oh, crikey, I've got to watch it. How, how about that? I've never set you homework before. Oh, crikey, all right. Okay, yeah, I could probably manage that. Oh, crikey, I effectively am on Gogglebox now, then, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It all works in nicely. And I was hoping... while I'm watching it. You can, of course you can. Yeah, you tr- treat yourself and have a, 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 a soda. With it, obviously no, no alcohol, because <laughs> um, it, it sort of put you off alcohol a little bit. I think once you see it, it but it, it, it's it's as a as an addict, I can see exactly why he behaves the way he does. I think as a non-addict, you will, you will wonder why the hell he's behaving the way he is. But it's it's apparently it's it's loosely based around a true story. Um, so I think anyone that's listening to this should watch the film also before next next week's episode. That'll be a, be a fresh insight into into the world of addiction, but it yeah. will also It'll also give people a um, an understanding of what we're talking about next week. Okay, you you realise you're advertising Netflix here now. Yeah, I know. I think that um, I don't think we're going to get into too many problems there. Are we? Other other platforms are available. Yeah, but How not, not to watch that film probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can buy it on DVD apparently. I oh, just while we're trailing stuff that it's worth listening to if you're um, yeah. in recovery or interested in in uh, alcoholism. What about that? Um, BBC, uh, that Radio 4 drama that I drew your attention to last weekend. Absolutely fabulous, yes. Yeah, I can't remember now. Um, do you remember what it's called? Goblin. Some, something Goblin, yeah. Um, goblin. Hobgoblin. It, it was, that's a beer, isn't it? Hobgoblin. 
I think it is. No, it was good. I mean, that went into, I mean, it was, there was some real life interviews with siblings, basically, wasn't it? Where one sibling was a, an alcoholic and one, uh, the other one wasn't. Yeah. But interdis- interdispersed with this quite, um, this Victorian poetry, wasn't it, that was interdispersed with, which I, at first I thought, this is not going together particularly well, but it, it gelled. And yeah, I thought it, it made, it, made a nice programme. Christina Rossetti, isn't it, I think? Yes. Um, so it's called Goblin Market, and if you're interested in listening to it, you can get it on um, BBC Sounds. It's, it was on Radio 4 last um, Saturday. But it's worth a listen, I think. It is worth a listen. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good, that is a good plug. Yeah, we plugged we plugged the BBC and Netflix. I, I yeah, we have. Yeah. When we don't get all sorts of offers of sponsorship now. I think they should do, but that should be straight out onto that. Um, yeah, drag us into the studios, do a few bits and pieces. Uh, do voiceovers, uh, maybe. We could do some voiceovers um, and, and be very careful in the green room. Yeah. <laughs> well, you need to be. I'm all right. I do. I do. <laughs> all right. So anyway, that, that sort of, that sort of um, I thought it was a quite a nice uh, link into next week. So I shall see you next week, if that's all right with you. Yeah, see you next week. Good. I've got my notes, I've got my notes already. Yeah, I'm sure you have. I'll, I'll better go and start watching this bloody film then. <laughs> I know. Well, I should be asking you questions. I'm sure you will, yeah. <laughs> All right, then. Okay, mate. See you later. Take it easy. Bye. Sideways was created by Graham Landy and Martin Pankhurst. If you want to read more about our work, visit grahamlandywellbeing.co.uk forward slash sideways-podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and you can find us on our Facebook page at Sideways Podcast, and you can email us to let us know what you think of the show and with anything else that you'd like to ask us. And finally, we'd like to thank you for listening and ask that if you've enjoyed what you've heard, that you spread the word. And we'll see you next week. So what do you say? You can't give me the dreams that are mine anyway Half a world away Half a world away Half a world away I've been lost, I've been found But I don't